Greetings and welcome to the latest podcast of the National Entrepreneur Center, Everybody's Business. I'm your host, Jerry Ross, the president of the National Entrepreneur Center, and I'm glad you're listening. Thanks for being with us today. We have a great show lined up for you, and I have my sidekick here, Rachel Madsen. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing yeah, good. All good. How are the uh, inquiries coming into the National Entrepreneur Center? Are you... Uh, Fielding those requests? Staying busy, yes. <laughs> Everybody's all about starting a business, so you it's know, good. It's, it seems like uh, in rough times that there is a rise in people that have an interest in starting a business. Uh, it seems to be counter-cyclical here, where if the uh, economy is doing really well, people are busy. And so we don't have so much uh, action and, and activity and coaching and, and training and those kind of things. But uh, when there's when there's a downslide in the economy, we do see uh, not only folks engaging to, for training and, and coaching and those kind of things, but people with an interest of starting their own business. Right. Just like the phrase, when there's crisis, there's opportunity. So <laughs> exactly. I've heard that a lot lately. So I feel <laughs> and, like that goes with it. And where did you hear that? probably this podcast uh, on everybody's <laughs> business. <laughs> and so you are one of our loyal listeners and, and we appreciate that. <laughs> so do our sponsors. Well, even after starting a business, uh, one of the things that, that I would like to talk about this morning is taking action, uh, executing on your idea. Have you ever had an idea that you thought this would be great? And then about six months later, you saw somebody else doing that and said, I should have done that. That didn't happen to me. That happened to someone I knew. And I was just like, hands up, like, all right, well, bad for you. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you for not taking action, right? Yep, exactly. I have all kinds of ideas that I think, you know, this, this would be great, but sometimes I don't have the time. Sometimes yeah. you say that would take a lot of money or I don't know enough about it. Uh, and so you don't. And then somebody comes along and does it. And, and you say, I should have done it. I should have taken action. Sometimes when you're looking at those ideas or, or when you're looking at starting a business, you need to think about the risk that you take. And, and people say entrepreneurs are risky, and I don't believe they are. I, I believe they just manage the risk. And so asking yourself, what is the risk? What's the worst thing that could happen? And sometimes that's uh, losing money. Someone just saying no. Somebody just saying no, because that's really hard. Rejection uh, is one of those things that um, an entrepreneur is going to hear sometimes. And so what are the worst things that can happen if you if you do take action and move forward and execute on one of your ideas? Um, another thing that sometimes people fail to think about is what happens if you don't? Yeah, yeah, that's the worst outcome. <laughs> exactly. Because sometimes people feel like I can't go start a business because uh, I'm working in this particular company. And yet, you know, the company hits hard times and they lay people off. And you think, you know, I, maybe I should have started that business back when because um, that does put you in control. And so uh, you have, I call it trading risks. You know, uh, there's a risk with, with any company that you work with and there's a risk with starting your new one. But one of the biggest risks is having a business or having an idea and not taking action and being um, stationary. Yeah, staying stationary, because if you're stationary, you're losing ground. You know, everybody else in the race is, keeps going. 
And so getting off the couch and taking action, uh, you're listening to this podcast and you may be getting uh, excited about, you know, your business idea or <laughs> taking your business to the next level. And then what happens, I call it is the law of diminishing intentions because the podcast will end <laughs> and you say, I'm going to do this. And then you go home and you're tired and you get up tomorrow and you say, maybe tomorrow. And that idea, uh, that intention that you had diminishes over time. This is like my laundry that I put off to the end of the day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it after work. After, after work. work, long day. And you're just like, oh, yeah, T tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow again. It's, it's diets. You know, there's a law of diminishing intentions that you say, I'm fired up and I'm going to do this. And then over time, um, that intention goes away. So uh, take action. Uh, just do it, like Nike says. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you to it. You did. I was, I was like, well. <laughs> and so uh, today's business topic is execution. Uh, take action. Get out there. Uh, get involved and, and move your business forward. Uh, who's our guest uh, today? We have Ron Benzieve. He's the founder of World Housing Solution. I had an opportunity to tour his plant. And he has a fabulous product uh, that they're being very successful with the military right now. So oh, wow. uh, I think listeners are going to really enjoy hearing not only his story, but but the story of his product as well. So um, don't go away. We've got a great show for you and you will enjoy our next guest, which will come up right after this. The National Entrepreneur Center in Orlando, Florida has been around since 2003 and today is home to 14 business support organizations who have a single mission to help you grow your business. Through free business coaching, low-cost training, and valuable business connections, these 14 business support organizations assist thousands of entrepreneurs each year in starting, growing, and scaling their businesses. So why not visit the website at nationalec.org today or give us a call at 407-420-4848 to discover how you might take your business to the next level. And by the way, the National Entrepreneur Center is funded entirely through local sponsors, which include Walt Disney World Resort, the University of Central Florida, the City of Orlando, and Orange County government, just to name a few. So let's get connected today and get growing. Check out our website at nationalec.org. And we're back. You're listening to Everybody's Business with Jerry Ross, sponsored by the National Entrepreneur Center. This morning, we're going to be talking with Ron Benzieve, who is the co-founder and president of World Housing Solution, a Florida company that manufactures rapidly deployable and reusable structures for the U.S. military, NGOs, and first responders. His proprietary building system and assembly allows for the fast deployment of these structures and eliminates the need for time-consuming and expensive site prep. Ron has lived in or worked in Africa, Asia, the Middle East, Central America, and Europe, and he is fluent in four languages. He uses his international experience and his entrepreneurial skill to grow his business, as well as helping others to do the same. His first business was launched at the age of 13, so he is a lifelong entrepreneur. Uh, since graduating from the Wharton School, Ron spends his time developing his own companies, providing consulting services to others, and delivering speaking engagements to a variety of business groups. Ron has been instrumental in organizing the Orlando Startup Weekend, the Kauffman Foundation's One Million Cups gatherings here, 
and he's also the co-organizer of TEDx Orlando. He's on the board of several uh, companies, including the Board of Advisors of the Wharton School. He was recently appointed by the U.S. Secretary of Commerce to the Central North Florida District Export Council. It's my pleasure to welcome to today's program, Ron Benzie. Welcome, Ron. Good to be here. Thank you, Jerry. That is a quite an impressive intro. You, uh, you have a lot of experience, and I'm looking forward to having you share with our listeners today. Delighted to be here. Um, let's let's start off and and uh, tell me a little bit about the, your business and world housing and and I've toured your facility, which is quite impressive. Uh, but I I think you would tell it better than I would. Thank you. Um, so so sometimes uh, you know man plans and and God laughs. And so uh, <laughs> once upon a time I I was on a slightly different path, and then the uh, the market crash of uh, you know, 06, 07 occurred. And at that time I was focused on, on some other businesses that unfortunately, because they were very much relied on, reliant on, on real estate, uh, ended up um, going the way of the dodo bird, which for those who don't know is an extinct animal. And well, so- uh, Lots lots of companies had a, a challenging time during that. Yes, yes. And uh, and so in, in the world of, of consulting and listening and watching and seeing what's going on, uh, we were all impacted as, as Florida residents um, by what happened in Haiti shortly thereafter, which was a major earthquake that occurred uh, that decimated that, that small island and, and created an unprecedented uh, challenge on, on how to house refugees. Uh, so refugees come in, 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 unfortunately, two flavors. One is internally displaced people that are moved by a natural disaster typically. Um, so think in the US of the fires and, and the tornadoes right. and the hurricanes um, and or uh, by external forces so war being one of them. So think of the Syrian refugees, for example. Right. Uh, and in, in what happened in, in Haiti was the fact that the, uh, the earthquake displaced hundreds of thousands of people killed, obviously, unfortunately, very, very, uh, a lot of people and then came the, okay, now what? How do we help them? What do we do? How do we rebuild? And that was a genesis of World Housing Solution. It was how do we create a better shelter to house refugees after a man-made or natural disaster? Because what we noticed was, A, the current solution is a 3,000-year-old solution, a stick and a cloth attempt, and B, in many locations, that is just a Band-Aid. It's a temporary solution to a long-term problem. So. I did what I tell everybody what not to do. We went ahead and designed, um, manufactured, and and built a, a better shelter, um, understanding that, of course, the world will beat a path to our door, and it will be fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Those are the plans. Those are the plans. Those, you know, go back to what I said at the beginning. Man planned. God God laughs. So, so, so God was still laughing hysterically because no one cared. Uh, so World Housing Solutions. Why? Why? Why would no one care? I mean, you bring a, a great solution. There's a problem. So, so the the best way can exist. So the the fundamental challenge was um, the delta, the the spread between the user and the buyer, right? Um, and so the the refugees need and want a better solution, but they don't have any money. The buyers are the governments, the NGOs, the nonprofits, the charitable organizations that only have 
some money or are not familiar with your solutions. And so we had to try to find a way to bridge that gap. That gap, unfortunately, is really hard to bridge. Uh, and and right. so the user has no money and the buyer doesn't want to spend their money with our solution. And, and you're changing a buying habit. You know, they're so used to saying this is the way we've done it for 3,000 years. Correct. Uh, so in, in the scheme of things and, and how that happened, we were in Haiti meeting with people, trying to get some traction with USAID and State Department and locals within the Haitian environment and, and really got nowhere. Um, and there was my brand new idea, my brand new concept, my <laughs> brand new solution. Uh, and, and we get an email um, to our info at worldhousingsolution.com uh, box, which to this day still comes to me. And I opened this email and it came from the US Navy. So obviously not US Navy Pentagon, it was someone at the, you know, in, in the Navy, in the construction battalion um, environment out of Mississippi who said, hey, I stumbled upon your website, uh, saw the little shelters you've been making um, I want to know more about them and can you make them bigger? So, right. You're an entrepreneur, yeah, you, know, that, you know, that's a good reason to check your email, right? It, it's a good reason to also have an eye keep an eye on your info ad, right? How many of, of, of us, of, of you, of those listening and watching now have ever sent an email, um, to a company, right? You're a, you're a live prospect. You're, you're watching the website, up pops the info, you send an email and crickets. You don't hear it. It's, it to this day, it happens to me. It's happened to me. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm tugging on the hook right now. I'm a live <laughs> fish and, and no, one is, no one is responding. So I'll move on. I responded. Um, so we, we engage this, this gentleman in, in the construction battalion Navy, uh, folks in Mississippi in conversation. And uh, he said, look, what you do is too small. Can you make them bigger? And, and my answer is, the answer is yes. What was the question again? Um, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Uh, I answer the phone saying yes. And then I say, you know, who am I speaking to? What do you need? Um, so, so the conversation started and went back and forth, designed a building for them based on the same premise of our shelter, um, which was it has to be above ground, so adjustable legs. Uh, to eliminate the challenges with drainage and site preparation. Uh, it had to be made of a material that will not mold mildew or rot, that will not combust, that is immune to termites, and can be assembled and disassembled by unskilled labor. Okay? You would think fairly easy. So he said, make it bigger. Um, we designed a system. They come to Orlando. They, walk, they see the whole thing. But in the conversation, at one point he says to me, he goes, you know, you're not the only company that makes um, alternative form of construction that I've reached out to. And in my head, I'm going, well, duh, you're the U.S. Navy. Um, and then he says, you're the only company that responded to my email. Oh, my goodness. So I'm on the phone with the gentleman and I said, so you mean I'm not the prettiest girl at the dance? I'm the only girl at the dance? And he started <laughs> laughing. And he goes, something like that. I'm like, you know what? A win is a win. You bet. Um, I'm the only one who showed up. Uh, so they took a chance on us, bought a building, which we designed, built, assembled in Central Florida, disassembled it, reassembled it in Central Florida, then took it apart, drove to Mississippi, and they assembled it and disassembled it twice. It has been sitting in Mississippi for the past eight years or so, and it's gone through multiple hurricanes. Uh, and that has started 
the the gem that was a genesis of of our uh, you know life and 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 uh, interaction with the DoD, which we never thought we would ever work with folks from the Defense Department. But again, man plan. Right. Well, and and you had a solution and you had it out there thinking that maybe, you know, FEMA and disaster recovery was the avenue. But you were open to uh, how do we adapt this? How do we change this to to match the market that, that had the need that was calling on you? And, and, and as we all know, it's called pivoting. Right. So <laughs> exactly. So, so we pivoted. And, and one thing, however, that that we keep on on, on it's part of our DNA it's when you pivot, you can pivot at a at a 180. So you forget where you came from, uh, and you're you're just focused on 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 the new path. Or you pivot at, at a 90, and and we pivoted at a 90. And the reason I, I emphasize that is that we love working with with the Defense Department. We love coming up with really clever and 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 innovative solutions that that make the life of our uh, of our armed forces better. But at the same time, we haven't lost sight of the fact that. Our DNA, our, our beginning, came from the social side. It is how do we make and keep the planet and help our, our fellow human beings, which is even more important in today's environment, but that has never left our, it's still part of what we want to do and, and, we're, and one of the things that we want to be a part of. Well, and and not only providing you know better and, and healthier shelter for, for those in need, but the fact that when when the disaster is is mitigated and it's over, uh, they can reuse the structure. They don't have to take it down and throw it in the the uh, dumpster. Uh, and so, uh, in touring your facility, I was I was struck by the the ease with which people could put things together and and create something that that looked like it had been there for for ages. <laughs> it was it was tiny house way before a tiny house was a thing. Yes. Yes, more utilitarian, but we can make it pretty. That that's right. So, uh, tell me who your your target audience is today. I mean, it's it's the government, Department of Defense. Uh, who else has interest in what you do? So, right in, in in the you can't put all your eggs in the same basket because we all know how government contracts can operate, and, and you know we we're looking. At, so, so our first our current go to market is the U.S. government, right? So right now, most of our revenues or virtually all of our revenue comes from one way or another through a governmental entity, including FEMA, by the way. So we have done work with and through FEMA in Puerto Rico and a couple of the places. Um, so the, the, the U.S. government has uh, most recently asked us to uh, to solve through the Marine Corps a very particular cha interesting challenge. And, and we've been hard at work in innovating, uh, and innovating and trying to find the best way to to solve some of these things. But at the same time, we're looking at how do we still keep our foot in the door of solving social challenges? So homelessness being obviously a, a gigantic problem right. um, that is apparently being exacerbated as per all the experts by the current Corona uh, virus. Um, and, and it's a challenge that exists in, in within our borders. We, we don't have to go too far to run into into people that need shelter and 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 a and, and a better place to be in, so we're now developing a a, a rapid shelter system uh, that can be there for mid to long term deployment. That can be a transitional housing all the way to and incorporated into a permanent housing uh, capability. 
for those in need. Um, and that is obviously something that, that's extremely important to us. Because of Corona, we also looked at how can we design a solution that can provide a better environment for not only the patient, which is obviously important, but also the healthcare worker, you know, the first responders, the, uh, the, 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 the unsung heroes that are finally being discovered. And we did, we, using the technology and the, and, and the basis that we've learned through the US military was taking that capability and, and our modularity and our understanding on how to speed things up and set them up quickly and provide equivalency of housing. In this case, it's equivalency of care. We showed in our parking lot going from zero to an hour and have a fully functioning ICU unit with all the medical equipment set up in less than an hour by four people. And I, I, I saw that with the uh, examining room and the, uh, the plug-ins that, where it had the electric and the places to hang the monitors. And, and so uh, as we talk about pivots, uh, th that's looking for those folks that might need that kind of solution. Uh, but also they, they didn't know that they needed that six months ago. And, and today, all of a sudden, they need it. But in six months, they may be done. And so to have something that's quick and, and, and can be installed easily, uh, but also be removed and moved to the next area that it's in need, uh, was one of the fascinating, fascinating pieces that I saw in touring the facility. And that's the, and you just hit the, 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 the nail on, on, you know, just squarely on the head as usual. Uh, that's that's how I roll, man. <laughs> Give me a hammer. <laughs> it's the reusability piece. So we just spend we taxpayers, American taxpayers, spend over um, a quarter of a billion dollars in setting up temporary medical facilities throughout the United States in response to or anticipation of the response to COVID, and then we took them down. So all that expensive infrastructure, and we've all heard that, right? The Jarvis Center in, in, in New York and, and McCormick Center in Chicago and, you know, whatever, tents and other things, done, they're gone. That's been set up and then taken apart, burned down or put into a, a contaminated landfill because you cannot clean plywood, you can't clean drywall. You can bleach our product. Our product can literally be bleached, cleansed out, and then packed, not for if a next event is going to occur, but for when the next event is going to occur. And that is one of the things that just pulls at our, at our heartstrings and, and really frustrates us as a small company is how do, we, how do we keep on raising our hand and saying, put us in coach, we have a solution when, when they're not even looking at us or not contemplating us. Right. Change, changing a buying habit is the hardest thing to do. Uh, so, so tell me, how did you get into doing this? Um, so did you, did you grow up saying, I want to provide housing solutions for the world? Um, so it's, it's the, the story of, of, you know, find a, find a need and, and, and provide, provide a solution. Um, as an, as an entrepreneur, you know, that sometimes it's, it's accidental opportunity. Absolutely. It, it's being at the, depending on which side of the coin you are, either at the right or the wrong place. <laughs> at, at the wrong or the right time. <laughs> Correct. And, uh, and, and, uh, and looking at things and going, I, I, can, I can solve that. I can, I, can, I can do something about that. I can fix that. 
I can fix that. Um, and, and it's not, it's not an ego driven thing. Sometimes it can be, but in our, in, in most entrepreneurs world is going, the current solutions just suck. Right. Um, and I can come up with something better in a word. And, and, and so the key is to find an intersection of that with a market big enough, uh, from which you can derive an income and, and, and sustain yourself, your family and your employees in a meaningful way. Um, and sometimes it's just uh, recognizing that opportunity as it's coming by you and saying, I, I can make a difference there. And, and that's how we started in, in trying to solve the problem in Haiti. And again, failed miserably. So Haiti was, was, was not a place where we, we were able to have an impact. Um, when the CBs, the construction battalion for the Navy, went ahead and, uh, and, and wrote a, a, a report after looking and testing and assembling our unit, that report was evangelized throughout uh, folks within the U.S. military in the construction side. And we got lucky that it fell in the hands of uh, a, a lieutenant colonel uh, in the Army Corps uh, and working with special operations at that time in Germany who said, this is interesting because I need to reduce how much electricity and energy we're using in a forward operating environment, forward in a, in a base, because that is one of the biggest challenges that we currently have. And, and by we is, if you think about how the military operates in a forward environment, they set up a tent and then they connect a five-ton air conditioning to a tent. So, so forget the, uh, that my dad used to yell at me because my door, the door to the bedroom was open or the door to the house was open <laughs> and he escaped, right? This is, you're literally you, air conditioning you, a tent. Are you trying to cool the outside? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I would hear. I'm not paying to, to air condition Orlando. Exactly. So imagine now air conditioning Afghanistan or Iraq or other you know, places or heating them for that matter, depending on, on where you are in the world. And so just visualize a tent connected to a five ton AC and now multiply that by 50 or 100 tents, which are then connected to giant generators. And oh, by the way, you need a backup generator for every generator you have. And then behind that giant fuel bladders, which are then connected to what turned out to be the most dangerous job in the US military, which is transport, driving a convoy of, of supply. And 58% of all casualties in Iraq and Afghanistan actually came from the uh, logistics side, driving a fuel truck. And so the driver, the, you know, the, it becomes a, an easy target. And the, what the military has to find a way is, re, is reduce the carbon footprint, not because it's it's a kumbaya, sustainable, holistic, and make, make me feel good. It's a literally a life-changing uh, opportunity to reduce the loss of lives on the battlefield, which and there's only one way to do that today because the military is not going to drive a Prius, right, or a Tesla. They're going to drive vehicles that are that require big motors. So right. we can reduce the footprint there. We have to reduce it on on the housing and other units. And so sometimes when you're talking about your product or your service, you, you've got to do your research to say, what are all the benefits? Not just the, the most obvious benefit, but when, when you start talking about saving lives, when you t start talking about lowering your operating costs, 
uh, all of that is now connected to a solution that you provide. So many times when you're talking about a product or a service, you got to go deep in your research to say, uh, what are all the benefits that we're providing? Not just the the most obvious one. Uh, Ron, I'm sure people are listening to us from all over the world right now. Uh, if they've said, this sounds fascinating, how do I get in touch with him? How would someone contact you? I know the email address starts with info at. So info at world housing solution, singular. We have only one solution, but it's a good one, .com. So info at worldhousingsolution.com. You heard it first right here on Everybody's Business, the podcast sponsored by the National Entrepreneur Center. We'll be right back. The University of Central Florida's Business Incubation Program is designed to help early stage businesses develop, accelerate, and grow into financially stable companies. They are here to help growth-oriented businesses scale and grow smarter with a purpose of creating additional high-wage jobs within the region. By helping small businesses accelerate growth, the Business Incubation Program contributes to strengthening the local economy while attracting new talent to the region. So, get with the program and get started on the next chapter of your business. Now, here is your host, Jerry Ross. And we're back. My name is Jerry Ross, and you're listening to Everybody's Business. This morning, we're talking to Ron Benzeev, who is the co-founder and president of World Housing Solution. Uh, Ron, we talked about the business and, and what you do. Uh, I've, I see in your bio lots of experience as an entrepreneur. And so what advice would you give to someone who's either starting a business today or thinking about starting a business or somebody who's, you know, moved down the road and is, is starting to encounter some challenges that, that they didn't have when they started. So, you know, it's a, it's a great segue into, into your last question on, on uh, f finding and, and resonating and listening to the customer because fundamentally uh, people don't care about your solutions. They care about their problems, right? That's right. So if you can find a, a, an intersection between what you offer and what their pain points are, then it becomes an opportunity for them to, to acquire what you do. Um, and, and from our standpoint, so we'll talk about World Housing Solution for a second. Um, at the beginning, we focused on sustainability and holistic, <laughs> and, you know, we are you know, kumbaya and, 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 you know, all of those things, reduction of carbon footprint. And, and we just got blank stares by, from many, many people. And, and so I, I went to, to a conference uh, on the intersection of sustainability and, and U.S. military. And one person after the other walked through the, through the stage and kept on talking about, here's a problem we're trying to solve. If you can solve this problem and happen to be green, that's great. We're not gonna buy you because you're green, right? So forget that approach to life. And, and as, as simplistic as it may be, it, it forced us to change how we told our story to the, to the customer. So not what we did, what we did hasn't changed. Right. It's just, changing the way we tell the story so that the customer finds and it, it finds what we're providing interesting and valuable and and that to us was a 
as simplistic as it may seem today, was a big aha moment because we learned that the biggest problem that they had was one of logistics. Reduce logistics for us and tell us how you would do it. And our story became, we dramatically reduced the logistical burden of the US military by providing shelters that use 300% less energy than a tent. Well, and also uh, the amount of, of cargo space that it takes to move your solution. Uh, I, I was hearing you talk about the amount of uh, planes that it takes to get tents versus your product. And, and so while, while you do shelters, you know, their pain was transportation, logistics. And so it, while, yeah, and fuel. And so while the environmental uh, piece was a benefit that everyone supported and wanted to do, the pain was logistics and and uh, space and and that kind of cost, which spoke to the need and the pain of the of the consumer. So 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 our learned the story we learned was pivot on, and sometimes you have to pivot on what you do. Obviously, right? Sometimes it, it's just it, it, this. What we do here doesn't resonate, but they keep on asking us about this. And, and no, for me, no meeting with a potential customer um, ever, ever stops without me asking them, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you that, you know. <laughs> the, the what keeps you up at night, it, which, by the way, sometimes they can't answer because it's in, in, the, in the U.S. government part, it, there's certain things they can't share. But sometimes, especially in the civilian world, is asking someone, so, so what, what keeps you up at night? And, and listening to the pain, if the customer is willing to, or the prospect is willing to share, suddenly just shines a light on, wait, if that keeps you up, that means it may keep everybody else up within a similar position or similar industry as you. And all I have to do is change this or adjust that so that my product can solve that problem for you and everybody else in your position, suddenly our market opens up or or firms up or gives me an additional edge over my competitor. That's right. And sometimes it's it's as easy as, you know, if I could do one thing for you today, you know, if I could fix one thing, what would that be? And sometimes it's something that 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 is their main problem that you never would have heard, that you never would have got to. And yet you say, we can address that. We can fix that. And, and, and those are... And, and we are sometimes so focused on, I've got to tell my story, I've got to tell my story, I've got to tell my pitch. It's, it's about me, 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 that we forget that it's not about me. It's not about us or our team. It's about you, the customer, you, the, 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 the listener who says that this is a challenge that I have and I really don't care about what you're doing. Uh, but if you could solve this with what you do, then suddenly becomes a, a, an, an interesting proposition that fits together. And so, how do you how do you get better uh, as an entrepreneur at doing that? At at you know, you are excited about your product and you want to tell your story. Uh, what have you found as ways to to really help you focus on listening more to the customer or or digging for those customer pain points that you can fix? It's listen. It's asking the hard questions. Um, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And, and especially when it comes to failure, right? We all are afraid of the F word, failure. And, and when we fail, because we all fail, 
is finding hopefully from the customer why we did and how do we solve those challenges going forward? Because we tell the customer, look, we're not perfect. Um, we're gonna make mistakes. Um, we're gonna do our darnest to fix every mistake that, that we've made. And, and one thing is certain, however, is that we're gonna make that mistake once. The next, we're, we may make other mistakes, but not the same ones. Right. That's really the key. And bad news don't get better with time. You're right. If you discover a problem, jump ahead of it. Just, just call up the customer, call up whomever and say, look, we screwed up, we have bad news, we're, whatever it is, um, and get ahead. And here's how we're addressing it. So right. this is a challenge. We figured it's a problem. We're addressing it in this manner. Um, we're sorry to disappoint you, but we're not leaving you hanging. We're addressing this and we're doing the best we can with what we have. And, and today's environment just amplifies all of that. Right. Well, and, and research says that it's not really the problem uh, that will prevent a company from coming back and doing business with you. It's how you handle that problem. And so it's, it's like in the upper or low, uh, upper eighties, lower nineties percentage of companies uh, who address the problem head on, uh, address it with the customer, the customer will come back and do business with them again. Uh, but about half of them uh, won't come back if if they're not happy with how the, the the customer. Now, it's a little concerning that you don't dress it and half of them still come back, but that 40% is where the profit is. So that's that's very good advice. What, uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, what has been your biggest challenge? So the challenge is always, so you, you, you actually shone a light on it earlier when you said we are educating the customer as to another way to do things, right? When you're used to a tent and you're used to a container, and then we suddenly show up and go, there's a, there, there's a, 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 an option, an option C and, and they go, yeah, but I'm used to A and B. Why should I use C? Often we don't even have the opportunity to be part of the, of the, Hey, think about another option. Right. Um, or it becomes a, a complicated bridge too far in educating the customer compounded in our world, because we deal primarily with, with the government at this stage that we often see a turnover. So people either get promoted or move to another assignment within the DOD. So it could be that it's taken us six months, eight months, 10 months to educate the customer and the customer is finally getting it. And then we get an email of, oh, by the way, um, Lieutenant XYZ or Captain XYZ is replacing me in a month and good luck. And you guys are awesome. And we go, wait, it's, <laughs> exactly. back. it's back to square one. And we have to do this all over again. I share your pain. I, I do that occasionally with funders, you know, where you have a funding relationship and then they move on. Uh, and I've done it with the, the small business administration of the U S government where, uh, we have an, uh, a great relationship. We've told the story, we've educated, and then they move on. And you, and so it's, it's, you've got to stay close to your customer. And, and, and so just recently someone, someone with, with whom we're very close um, said, Oh, by the way, I just want you to know I'm leaving in about 90 days and I'm going to start the handoff now. So that way when my replacement is fully on board, the, you guys are connected. And I'm like, you know, what an idea. Yeah. What a concept. Exactly. 
and and that's part of the challenge of of of, of working for us with with the DoD is is the educational piece. It's smoothing out our pipeline. Uh, you know, we're we're still doing the wave, um, and and you know. What one of the images that I like to use is say some days we're the dog, some days we're the hydrant, right? It, <laughs> it used to be the dog more often than the hydrant, but but it's smoothing out that pipeline, which is what also is pushing us to to also add additional legs to our stool, looking at the commercial world and the medical side on the deployment and the ability to uh, uh, to take lessons learned from what we do into other segments of of uh, uh, of, of sales of that, that kind of diversification where you can, you can take what you do and, and you don't have to change it. You, uh, you, you modify and you look for other markets. Uh, well, I, I ran into that with the uh, searchlights business. And so we eventually uh, diversified into uh, the spotlights that follow performers on stage. And that became, you know, the follow spot business using the same technology. Uh, eventually we got into the film business because uh, we've understood that, the light we were using was actually the same color temperature as sunlight, and they could use it in film. We sold to NASA to light the space shuttle uh, because they needed big, uh, bright lights. And so it was using the same technology, but saying, what other uh, areas can we diversify into without changing our our, our knowledge and our, our skill set in what we do? And so uh, I think you're you're probably just getting started in, in all of those folks that can use uh, affordable and, and modular uh, units that are reusable. And, and that's what that's what we're hoping. You, you know, way, way back when, when it was in in college, one of the uh, one of the stories that was used on how can we take the same product just find different uses for it was to me when one of the best uh, images was baking powder and baking soda where <laughs> you can use for baking but wait you can use for cleaning oh wait you can use for deodorizing oh wait you can use it and so suddenly you're you're expanding your your bell curve on on adoption and and and, and sales market uh, strategy so I, I love that and and i would have loved to have been in the in the room when they said you know you can pour it down your garbage disposal and it'll deodorize as well. So now you've got folks buying your product and going home and pouring it out. You know, I love that. I love that. Uh, hey, what's one thing that a, an entrepreneur today uh, should do or should not do that you've learned? Jeez. Um, I know, I know it's a big one, but what's the one, what's thing? The one thing if you were talking to someone across the table today, uh, that they should do or that they should not do. So, so well, let's separate it in two things, right? Um, if they have uh, a, a dream, a passion, tomorrow is not better than today. So, it, you know, ideation without execution is an hallucination. So, <laughs> hey, give me that one again. Ideation without execution is an hallucination. All right, uh, that's going up on my wall. <laughs> so, so if you have an idea, do it. it it's not, it, and if you think you're the only one that has that, that idea today on earth and, and no one is thinking about the same thing, it's my next thing. It's, it's not ideation, it's execution. So, um, it, having a great idea is, is fine, but executing on it is the most important. And just think about it. Everybody knows who Uber and Lyft is. But I would guarantee you that most people can't tell us who actually invented the concept of ride share. They went out of business two years ago. 
No kidding. So they invented the concept, but didn't execute properly. And and my fear every day. So you're asking me what what, what keep and you said I'll come back to you and I'll ask you what keeps you up at that's night. That's right. What keeps me up at night is am I executing properly? Right? Am I am I doing the right things to stay ahead of um, my competition, or am I providing value to my customer? Which goes back to people don't care about your solutions; they care about their problems. Um, and so what what keeps me up at night is. Am I executing properly? Where am I not? Where am I not executing properly? Which now goes to the cliche of surround yourself with smarter people than you. That plug the holes that that you have. Obviously, you have to recognize what those holes are. But if you're the smartest person in the room, duh, right? That old cliche: <laughs> you're in the wrong room. Exactly. Um, uh, and and our challenge is is always to find people. Um, that that come in and go have you thought of it's not a challenge actually it's happened from suppliers it's happened from from people here people on the plant floor that go hey why are we doing this and 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 not doing it this way and i just go oh <laughs> crap why didn't i think of that no that's insight Let, let's do that um and and that's really the you know strip string all of those together and becomes the same cliche that everyone gives you. Um, and, and I will add one other thing is, is be kind to other entrepreneurs um, because you cannot do this alone. And I can tell you point blank without any hesitation who along my journey has pulled me up or pushed me out and, and been there to assist me along the way and, and, and said, I believe in what you do and I'm gonna do what I can to help you, um, including what you do, by the way, Gary. So, so those kinds of, of mentors and, and resources are great to have, but only if you can also share. So being able to reach back out to the community and say, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And, and, and put yourself out there so that way it becomes part of the, part of the fabric of, of the community, uh, both local and at large, to be able to, to enhance capabilities. And that's the, uh, the pay it forward. You know, and I've never, I've very seldom have I ever met an entrepreneur that wasn't willing to help uh, answer a question or connect you. And, but that takes reaching out. So you've heard it. One of the thoughts for today is, are you executing your business correctly? And sometimes uh, that, that requires reaching out, getting help and connecting, engaging with other resources. And you can do that through the National Entrepreneur Center at nationalec.org. That's nationalec.org. Dot org, where you can access a variety of resources, coaching, mentoring, training, uh, or National EC Online, which will uh, connect you with online resources that you can use to grow your business. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. The Nash Entrepreneur Center has made it easy for you to learn business principles from anywhere at any time with NEC Online. As a supplement to all the great resources at the Nash Entrepreneur Center, you now have free access to over 300 learning modules that you can access at any time. Thanks to the generous sponsorship of Wells Fargo and our partnership with The Lonely Entrepreneur, you can access this powerful online learning platform for free. Learn on your own time and at your own pace. 
access product reviews, and participate in weekly group coaching opportunities. Right now, the only thing missing is you. So check out our online learning platform today at nationalec.org. That's nationalec.org. Did I mention it's free? And we're back. You're listening to Everybody's Business with Jerry Ross, sponsored by the National Entrepreneur Center. We're talking with Ron Benzieve, who is the co-founder and president of World Housing Solution in Sanford, Florida. So, Ron, we're back. Uh, I want to touch on a subject that's affected everybody in the country, uh, COVID-19. Uh, how has that affected your, your family? How has that affected your business? And how have you seen that affecting uh, folks around you? So... Um... COVID, COVID has been on our radar since December, actually, uh, of uh, 2019. And, and the main reason it, it, it popped up is because uh, we saw the, the Chinese government building modular hospitals at, at breakneck speed. And, and at first, we looked at it and went, right, that's our business. We're in the modular construction world. And we looked at it with fascination and said, oh my gosh, they're building a thousand room hospital uh, using a pre-manufactured box system in 10 days. And then because we do things within the medical world, we stopped and went, wait, why are they doing that? And what is triggering this? And so I'd love to tell you that we, we figured out there was an issue before anyone else is, and it's not true. We just got a peek into it early on, which then made us go and say, okay, if that's a challenge in China, could that be a challenge in Florida, in Orlando? So we designed a, a rapidly deployable ICU kind of, you know, clinical environment. And we reached out to, to local um, hospitals and, and other medical providers and said, this Corona thing is, is coming to us. Um, we know it's gonna happen. And um, what about intercepting people with symptoms before they go in the hospital to try to keep COVID outside? That was our line, right? Keep COVID outside. Right. And um, the answer we received uh, was, oh, no, 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 no. We can't, we, we can't make the, the patient feel bad. And, and, and so we're not doing that. Um, which was then followed by a lot of the local uh, hospitals setting up tents. And we kept on scratching our head going, here we go again, right? right. Florida, it's humid, it's hot, uh, there are hurricanes, tropical storms, uh, all those things. I mean, here are, here are all these people in PPEs, um, personal protection equipment, the shields, uh, it's hot, uncomfortable, and they need to go ahead and, and, and figure something. So um, COVID forced us to look at how can we respond to the requirement if they, you know, keep on putting our hand up, put us in coach and what would we do? And we actually partner up with a variety of, of local companies in greater central Florida, actually from Jacksonville to Tampa and, and, and locally putting together a solution that says, Hey, army Corps, there's another way to do this. Hey, hospital, there's another way to do this. And the answer that we got, if we got an answer was, yeah, thank you, but we got it covered. So it was plywood, drywall, tents, the right. same thing, right? There's, right. There's a, if it's a problem we're solving, they're solving it today. And they, we, we didn't rise to, 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 the, to the level of, of interest that we were hoping. 
that we would. Um, on, a, on a personal level, uh, unfortunately lost a member of, of, of our family. My father-in-law passed away due to COVID. Um, and from a business standpoint, we had to change everything that we did to account for and deal with because we're deemed essential. We work with the DOD and we deliver systems to the DOD. So we had to change. There's a sink outside where everybody washes their hands. Mask is mandatory. Um, six feet. Actually, mask is mandatory at, at all times because you just walk back and forth. So take it on, put it on, just doesn't matter. That's so right. Once you're in the plant floor, mask is uh, the, wearing a mask is mandatory. And, um, and so uh, temperature taking. So all those weird things that had to occur in order for us to provide the safest environment possible for those that, of us that do come to the office. We have some people working remotely, but for those of us that come to the office to be able to do that. Um, and, and then take some of our business and pivot it as well. So integration with, uh, now we're working with an Israeli company that has developed a, uh, a high-speed temperature reading uh, piece of equipment, but it needs an air-conditioned environment. Uh, in order to be able to function properly. So we partner with them to, to deliver a, a tunnel, an air-conditioned tunnel, where you can measure the temperature without ever stopping of up to 3,000 people an hour. Um, at, and, and so again, thinking about problems in a different way. So for like airports and airports and, and facilities that have a lot of traffic. Right, and we're slowly reopening concerts, those kinds of things. Think about factories, right? Everybody's catch, capturing... Uh, temperature on the way in but the reality is i want to capture it on the way out as well because eight hours later you may not feel well so i don't want you to come back tomorrow morning but if i suddenly see that you had 97.8 in the morning and when you're leaving you're at 100 or or suddenly i go hey jerry um you know be careful tomorrow don't come don't come in unless you take your temperature because i want to protect you but i want to protect Everybody else as well. The rest of the workforce as well. That no one is thinking about. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your father-in-law, but uh, those are the things that, that bring it home. And, and when you're talking about providing, you know, rooms and shelters for people at the hospitals, you, that's always someone else. And so when that happens close to home, uh, that that changes the whole lens of how you look at this. And so uh, thanks for what you're doing to protect your workers and, and, what you're doing to protect the the essential workers of of the medical community as well. Um, what was your biggest surprise during the pandemic? Uh, um, I, I think sometimes it's the callousness of others, um, and and it's the whole debate of, of you know you look at at at, at, at who has been successful in reducing the risk and and i go if if i'm a little bit inconvenienced by having to wear a mask and that saves your life that's okay that that's my job as as, as part of of this of of, of being a you know a human uh, correct that, that opportunity yeah and and i appreciate you people that, that are looking out for my safety. And so I, I want to look out for others. Uh, we interviewed a guest a few weeks ago talking about the differences in response from uh, Australia and the U.S. And, and it was interesting to get those perspectives of, of how different people deal with it. But, but there, you know, we're a, a country that's built on that individual, you know, it's, it's more I than, and less we, 
but that's a cultural piece that changes over time that uh, we are very independent people and, and people do that. But it is, is shocking um, when you say, uh, I go into a place and there's people that aren't wearing masks and, and then I feel uncomfortable. And so uh, we're talking about as businesses reopen, uh, if we don't do a good job of making cl- clients feel comfortable and safe coming out, uh, we can reopen the economy. But if people aren't uh, comfortable coming out, we will still be in the same uh, economic challenge that we're we're facing when you're closed. So it's we have to protect all all of us, right? It's and take care of all of, of each other. Right. That's a. a a lesson to live by, that we should look out for each other and take care of each other, uh, especially at a time like this. As we go through this year of the pandemic, many of us thought that would only be maybe a few weeks, maybe a month. But now that it's gone on for months, people are realizing that maybe we're not going to be doing business the way we used to. Maybe business has changed forever. Whole workforces have pivoted to working from home Schools closed, businesses closed, live events canceled. COVID-19 has pretty much turned our daily lives upside down. Dealing with a global pandemic has also made us rethink how we do everything. Schooling our children to serving customers, it's difficult. Any kind of change is difficult. But when you add to that all the uncertainty that comes with an unpredictable virus, a virus that could be fatal, it's no wonder that folks are feeling a bit stressed these days. So if you are feeling stressed right now, it's okay. You're normal. What you need to know is that you're not alone. Most everybody today is feeling the stress of the situation. Maybe in different ways, maybe with different circumstances, but believe me, everyone has been affected. It's okay not to be okay right now. You are allowed to take time for you to regroup and to recharge. I think there are some aspects of what we've found from working remote that are good, that we've learned to use different technology. We've learned new ways to stay in contact with each other and with our clients. And I think even when things do get back to normal, whatever normal may be, that we'll find that some of these aspects of technology and video conferencing, online learning, All of those things will be carried forward into the new way of doing business. Remember, in times of chaos, there is always an opportunity. Uh, Let me pivot to uh, where'd you grow up? Let's talk about you. Uh, The the dreaded subject. I think we could do a whole show just on your your background. So, I was born in Israel, um, and I and I had a, a, a very un, un, unusual background. Um, I, I was uh, I was raised in uh, in West Africa, then Asia, then back to West Africa, and uh, and then uh, my formative years uh, in uh, on the border between France and Switzerland, um, next to Geneva. And then ended up in the U.S. in the early 80s, went to business school. Uh, my parents had moved to Florida by then. And so I was bouncing back and forth between uh, Orlando and Philly. And, um, and um, met a young woman and, 
and and again, man man plans and and God laughs. I never right never say never. Um, <laughs> I, I never thought I'd live in the U.S. I never thought I'd get married in the U.S. And and here we are, right? And here you are in in Orlando, Florida, and we're glad it happened. Thirty three years later, and and uh, you know, happily married, living in Central Florida, three kids who all went through the uh, through the Florida schooling system, and uh, and uh, and just you know. Life. That's right. Life happens, right? Life happens. Uh, what were your hobbies, interests growing up? Uh, you know, it, it's it's always it's so music a lot. Um, uh, so I was always into uh, in, so not playing. <laughs> I was going to say listening, playing, or singing. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You, it, so so for, for those of you that that know SpongeBob, I'm like Squidward, uh, <laughs> uh, but but worse um uh so that that was my clarinet days and uh and singing don't even don't even get me started but i, I love listening and, and actually when in my younger days i was a dj so there you go oh no kidding we share that so was i <laughs> so, so i was a, a a dj back back in the day and where where were you a dj there was a dj in in, in europe and france so i played both in uh, in private venues and clubs um oh. So back back before back right as scratching started coming into play and 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 that kind of stuff that's pretty much when I segued and went um, and and started college in the U.S. and that's when when it kind of um, went but that's that that was my uh, uh, that was my my passion and then uh, um, well well you need to uh, you need to check out the Get Down on Netflix which talks about the uh, the birth really of hip hop when they. Uh, Grandmaster Flash and and them uh, working on that era of music. So that was that was a uh, uh, interesting Netflix piece that I caught up during the uh, COVID on on how it moved, how the gen- genre of music moved there. So uh, you'd find that interesting. Check it out. I love that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then you know now it's um, it's it's involved in a variety of different ways. Um, so, you know, I, I love I, family. Obviously, is now is now a big thing. So that so, you bet. so the, and and hanging out and uh, and, and and then uh, my uh, and, and I, I love I love driving. So from time to time, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to go and, and take uh, driver education classes. So it's uh, it, it's the ability to get on on a track such as Sebring or or other places and and have an instructor with you that. That, that helps and, and guides you and teaches you how to become a better driver. And, and those to me are, are, are a lot of fun. Yes. So you have the need for speed sometimes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it's safer on a track than, uh, than anywhere else. That's for sure. So uh, who'd you have that was a mentor or made a difference in your life? Uh, you know, sometimes you don't have to look further than, than, uh, than your own, than your own family. And, and my dad was, uh, an, an extremely big influence in, in, in how, in thinking and, and, and analyzing and listening to, to solving problems, even though his mind operated in completely different way than mine. Um, he was much more, in a, 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 you know, much more analytical and, and, and much more pragmatic um, versus me being, you know, the scattered, uh, you know, squirrel moments, uh, and, and, but it created for, for some fascinating conversations and, sure. uh, 
and, and, and pieces. And then um, when I went to Wharton, there was one professor um, whose name just went out of my head. So there you go. Uh, but he was uh, back in the day, an entrepreneur. And he taught entrepreneurship at, at you know, at the Wharton School of Business. And he did something that never left me. Uh, and he kept on bringing entrepreneurs to speak in the class. And, and, he, and that, that was back before entrepreneurship was cool. Oh, this is, this is way back when, you know, um, before the era of automobile, I'm kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> so he would bring people that he invested in companies that he was a part of, and he would have them tell us the story and let us ask questions. Sure. Uh, and, and, and both good stories and really bad stories. Um, and, and that pragmatic application of, of business wisdom uh, was so impactful uh, to me uh, that is to this day hasn't, hasn't left me. And, and I still remember stories and, and things that I had occurred back then that, that were just tremendous on, on, on things that you say to yourself, I oh, will never do that. Then, you know, of course, right. Um, well, and, and I think I, I had similar experience, but I think that's what we're doing here with the show is to say, we can talk about the good and the bad and, and what happens. Uh, and it does stay with you. And, and sometimes uh, I'll be asked, you know, how'd you know to do that? And I'll think back, you know, it was years ago that someone shared a story that, that said either do this or don't do that. And, and those stay with you. So if you're listening today, you're, you're in the right spot to, to get help and to engage with small business and entrepreneurship because uh, we're in this together. You, this is not a, a, a solo sport. It's a team sport for everybody. If you were president for a day, 24 hours. What would be your priority? What would you do? Unification. Um, we have to we have to to sing with one voice and focus on what's important. And right now, it's the health and and uh, of of every citizen. Which, if everybody's healthy, then the economy gets healthy, and we all rise. Rising tide lifts all ships. Right now, some are sinking, and and we're not focused on helping them. So that would be my priority. So uh, we got 24 hours. So I, I, I think we should make you president and get that done. If we could just do that by, by tomorrow this time, we would, we would be there. Uh, excellent thought. And, and that is, you know, the, uh, when you're uh, running a small business, you, you do need to think about your health and the health of your employees. Uh, because if you're not uh, mentally and physically able to, to run the business, then the business will suffer. So, you need to look out for yourself and look out for your employees. That's that's an important part. That's of maturity of running a business. So we're going to do the the final wrap here, Ron, with a rapid response bingo. Uh, what's your favorite dessert? Ice cream. Do you have a, a favorite flavor? So I love Cold Stone, and and some of their mix-ins are just literally my favorite. So <laughs> I, I stay away from them as much as I possibly can. <laughs> I try. My car just keeps pulling into the parking lot. I, it's like an autopilot that takes me to Cold Stone. And, and oh. followed probably closely with you know by Nutella. So uh, there you go. Th there you go. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Oh my goodness! Um, I, oddly enough, I actually love animated movies. 
Oh yeah. It's a great escape. And, and so, uh, you know, everything from, uh, from, from the latest one. So, so, you know, cars I, and happy feet and all those things are, are, are just great escapes and, and, and positive and happy and upbeat. So yes, I love I love Shrek. So I have to I have to look at it from that standpoint. I love Shrek and Little Mermaid. There you go. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Movie or book? It depends on on the mood. So I'm currently rereading an, uh, a Ken Follett uh, Pillars of the Earth, which is a thousand page book. Um, so it, again, it, it it's it it depends. It depends. That, that's it's an acceptable answer for for uh, rapid fire bingo, uh, pie or a cake. Pie. Favorite TV show. Um, again, it I think it fluctuates with uh, with your mood, the mood and 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 the time. I'm I'm currently wa- watching you know the Avengers on on Disney. So I I did two marathons this summer. And it was friends and uh, cheers. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, if you're going to go on vacation, beach or mountains? Yes. <laughs> Ballet or opera? Uh, opera. Beer or wine? I know the answer to this one. Why choose, right? Uh, again, it, it, it depends. And I would, I would throw bourbon in it big time. I was going to say bourbon. That's <laughs> That works. Uh, Ron, uh, any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners? Look, I, I, would, I would be, first of all, thank you for giving me a platform and, 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 and for, for the ability to, to at least share and, and, and talk a little bit. Um, Sure. I've got gray hairs. I've stumbled. I've fallen. I'm getting up, and and the key is is don't stop moving. Uh, and if you have an idea, tomorrow is not better than today. Uh, so just get it done. Well, thank you. I know you're busy. Uh, I really appreciate the time that you spent sharing your experience with our listeners today. And uh, we're, would you come back in the future? We'd be delighted to. That's great. So. That we'll be right back with uh, a few final thoughts. Don't go away. If you have a business question that you would like to have answered, or if you would like to suggest a topic for discussion, we would love to hear from you. Just email Jerry at hello at nationalec.org. That is hello at nationalec.org. Well, that's exciting. I, I get excited every time I'm talking to entrepreneurs. I, I uh, just get a, a rush of adrenaline listening to these stories and and how they overcome uh, different challenges and how they uh, persevere through that to success. Yeah, stories are long lasting and it helps you remember too. So it helps if you see someone succeed, then you it's always like the saying like if I can do it, you can do it, and you feel that. Right, I, I feel that from right. Ron. You know that uh, he just has an energy about him that. Uh, it makes me want to go out and just do it. Just do it. <laughs> do it <laughs> now. In fact, I need to get off this podcast and get out there and do something. Um, I have a, a, a question for you. Okay. If there are three frogs on a log. Okay. And one decides to jump off. How many are left? Okay. Instinct tells me two, but I'm now I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's three. Because while one decided that he might jump off. He never did. 
He jumped up and jumped back down. No, he didn't do anything. And so many people decide that they're going to do stuff and then they just don't. And so if you're out there in your business and you're working on an idea, it's not enough just to decide to do it. You got to do it. You got to execute. You got to take action because that's the only way you're going to move towards success. And so the word for the week, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it now. (laughs) Do it now. (laughs) And that's what we're going to do after this podcast is on. So thank you for listening today. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Everybody's Business.